What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Good evening. If you seem to sense an aura of cold dampness that permeates this room, attribute it not to either defective air conditioning or inclement indoor weather. It's simply because this is rather a special place with a special statuary and special paintings. It's the Riley and Kimmy Show. The Riley and Kimmy Show. And welcome to this episode of the Riley and Kimmy Show, podcast number 1583. Right next to me is... Jeremy! I got one name! Kimmy! Hello, everybody! Hello, everybody! Everybody! Hi! Hi there. I'm your host, Patrick Riley. Oh, I'm not so bad. Once you get to know me. Oh, that's so true. And right next to me is Kimmy. You can have whatever dream you want. I can become anything. Any woman you, you've ever imagined. That That's her. Hello, Kimmy. Hello. And how are you on this Monday? All right. Uh, you have no problems on this Monday? No. Nope. Are you a little manic because it's like tax day? Uh, no. Just another manic Monday. Well, we hope today is not a manic day for you. We're here to offer stress, well, just to to calm you down. I was going to say stress-free day, but to calm you down for a little bit if you need that. Mm -hmm. We're escapism. That's what the Riley and Kimmy show is all about, pop culture escapism. Every single show is about something of yesteryear, a heavy emphasis of uh, nostalgia and retro, and also a look at current pop culture. Tell your friends you found something a little bit different to listen to, possibly for the commute or at work or just whenever all our episodes are available on our website all the way back to the very first one. Also, you can listen to us on iHeartRadio, iTunes, SoundCloud. Those platforms available on our website, along with celebrity interviews we've done. Check out the recent uh, videos and photos, too. And follow us on social media and communicate with us that way and find out where we will be next and opportunities to win. You don't want to miss out. All those links and things we've talked about available on our website. What is our web address? RileyandKimmy.com Find archived podcasts of The Riley and Kimmy Show at RileyandKimmy.com Pop Culture Escapism The Riley and Kimmy Show The Riley and Kimmy Show. Shall we play a game? That's the question for this Monday. Is Kimmy suffering from Monday-itis or is her brain functioning well enough that she wants to play pop culture trivia? What say you, Kimmy? Well, I'll give it my best. That's all we can ask for. I need to point out the timeline might be adjusted or it might not be. It could be running linear or it may not be chronological at all. Regardless, 
Kimmy is definitely going to need your help on this episode of the Riley and Kimmy Show. It's a tough Monday uh, pop culture trivia. So talk to, whisper to, yell at whatever computing device you're listening to the Riley and Kimmy Show on right now. Could be anything because we are mobile. We are global. You can take us anywhere on planet Earth. And Kimmy believes in time travel answers. And right now she's uh, she's fueling up, if you will. You might hear it in the background. Yeah, she's uh, she's uh, she's uh, getting getting all ready for the episode, <laughs> doing some some heavy drinking there. She's she's ready for her pop culture trivia. Drinking my water out of the bucket. Uh, actually, that's the fur kid doing that. One of them. Moving to our very first category for you, Kimmy, a category that you actually like. It's baseball. So on this date in history. A certain team becomes the first baseball team to wear uniform numbers. What team is the first to wear uniform numbers? And what decade does this happen in? Is it the 1920s, 1930s, 1940s, or 1950s? The 20s? You are right, 1929. Tell me the team that becomes the first baseball team to wear uniform numbers. Uh, the Brooklyn Dodgers? You're in the right area, but the wrong team. It's the New York Yankees. Mm. Staying at baseball, Kimmy, was on this date. The first televised baseball game happens. It's WGN television that this happens on. The White Sox versus the Cubs, an exhibition game carried on TV. What year did this happen within 10 years? Um, 1944. Kimmy, I don't know why you went to the 40s. I didn't think you would. I think most people think television. They think 50s or 60s. But you're right. It is the 40s. It's 1940 this happened. Ooh. Uh, probably not too many viewers. But, yeah, it happened 1940. Fantastic. The year is 1962. This person began anchoring the evening news. Kimmy, tell me what network and tell me who it is. We have his, well, we flash forward a little bit to when he Retires. Tell me who it is. This is my last broadcast as the anchor man. For me, it's a moment for which I long have planned, but which nevertheless comes with some sadness. For almost two decades, after all, we've been meeting like this in the evenings, and I'll miss that. Who is it? He began on this date. Walter Cronkite. Yes, for what network? CBS. You're on a roll. Kimmy, the year's 1956. This person releases his first single. See if you can identify who it is. Blue days, black nights, blue tears keep on falling for you, dear. Now you're gone. Blue days, black nights, my heart keeps on calling for you, dear. And you are alone. Who is that? Buddy Holly. You're right. Moving eight years in the world of music, the year's 1964. This group's debut album is released in the United Kingdom. It does have a couple of hits in the United States, one of them at number 24 on the Billboard Hot 100. Tell me who it is. Kimmy, can you identify that sound and who it is? I cannot. Here's another hit from that album, 1964, Billboard Hot 100. It hit number 48. 
Not Fade Away was one of the tracks off the album. Can you tell me who the group is? The Rolling Stones? You're right. From their debut album, The Rolling Stones. The year is 1966. This song was released. Tell me who the recording artist was. Who is that? Mm, I should know that. Yes, you should. I you, you can't do it? not do it. It's Percy Sledge. The year's 1966. That song was released. The year's 1971. This group releases a song in the United Kingdom. It was the first record on their own label. Tell me the name of that song. Here's your clue. What's the name of the song? Brown Sugar. Brown Sugar. And who is the recording group? The Rolling Stones. Yes, that was our first record on The Rolling Stones Records. Celebrity and notable birthdays. Give me famous people. This person born 1867. Tell me why he is on that famous list. His name, Wilbur Wright. He was a pilot. Yes, but something else. A brother. Of? The Wright brothers. And they did what? They flew a plane. Well, judges say give it to her. They were aviators and they created actually the first successful airplane. Uh, flew a Kitty Hawk and yep. all that. Uh Moving to the next birthday, this individual born 1889, comic actor, filmmaker, also a composer who rose to fame in the era of silent films. He became a worldwide icon through his screen persona, The Tramp, and is considered one of the most important figures in history of cinema. Who is it? Charlie Chaplin. You're right. Passed away 1977 at the age of 88. Born on this date, 1889. Next person, part of Forgotten Hollywood. You would not know who this is. Kimmy, his name is Barry Nelson. Born 1920, died 2007 at the age of 87. He was the first actor to play James Bond on screen. It was in a 1954 adaptation of Casino Royale. And it was part of a television anthology on a series called Climax. Now, he precedes Sean Connery in Dr. No by eight years. Most people don't realize there was somebody before Sean Connery that played Bond. Mm. And reportedly, that television episode of Casino Royale, or film production, or TV movie, if you will, was considered a pilot, and they were possibly going to do a James Bond TV series. Can you imagine that? Wow. That's kind of interesting, uh-huh. isn't it? Next individual, born on this date, 1924, a composer, did many, many films, TV shows. Here's one he's very famous for. Tell me who was born on this date. Here's your clue. Kimmy, can you identify, first of all, what he's known for? 
The Pink Panther. Yes, that's one of many. Who is it? Who was born on this date? Henry Mancini. Yes, born 1924, died 1994 at the age of 70. Next person, singer, celebrating a birthday today. Kimmy, he is 83 years old, charted many times on the top 40. First big hit, 1962. Tell me who it is. You handed me your book. I sign this way, roses are red, my love, violets are blue, sugar is sweet, my love, but not as sweet as you. Can you tell me who that is? Mm, no, I can't. Celebrating his 83rd birthday, here's a number one hit from 1963. She wore blue. picturing Dennis Hopper in an oxygen mask right now. Can you tell me who that is, Kimmy? Who had that as a hit and oh, celebrating 83rd birthday? No, I can't. One more clue. A song that, well, a former mentor of mine used to use this as his theme song. I'm, I'm serious. I think he even had license plates made up of this title. Tell me who's celebrating his 83rd birthday. Lonely. I'm Mr. Lonely. I have nobody for my own. I'm so lonely. I'm Mr. Lonely. Wish I had someone to call on the phone. Yes, he used to open up every show with that. Can you tell me? Yeah, the person that was my t- mm. tormentor, you know. Can you tell me who that is, Kimmy, who's celebrating his 83rd birthday? I cannot. That's Bobby Vinton celebrating a birthday today. Next person born on this date, 1939, charted quite a few times on the top 40. Number six hit, 1964. Tell me who was born on this date. Wishing and hoping and thinking and praying, planning and dreaming each night of his charm. Is it, Kimmy? Petula Clark? No. Very good guess. She charted in 1966. Number four with this song. Is it, Kimmy? Mm, can't do it. One more clue. We want you to get this one, Kimmy. 1968, number 10, hit. When they gather around and started talking, 
That's when Billy would take me walking Out through the backyard we go walking Then he look into my eyes Lord knows to my surprise The only one who could ever reach me Was the son of a preacher man The only boy who could ever teach me Was the son of a preacher man You see what? Who is it, Kimmy? Mm, no can do. Born 1939, that's Dusty Springfield, died 1999 at the age of 59. Last two questions have proven that Kimmy never listened to the oldie stations or classic hit radio stations I was part of. You just proved it, Kimmy. Moving to someone else on the birthday list, Kimmy, tell me why this person is on that famous list. The name, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. He was a basketball player. Yes, that's right, Kimmy. How old is he today? Within five years. Uh. 70? You, you're right there. He's 71 today. Next person, born 1947, charted many times on the top 40. Here's his biggest chart hit. Number two from 1978. Tell me who it is. Winding your way down the Baker Street. Lighting your head and dead on your feet. Well, another crazy day. Can you tell me who that is? Jerry Rafferty. That's right. Born on this date, 1947, died 2011 at the age of 63. That song, by the way, kept out of the uh, number one slot by ABBA. Yeah. Really? It was yeah. never number one? No, number two. is this, It was number two for a long time. Oh, my. It never hit number one because of ABBA. They, they stopped him. Wow. Next person, Kimmy, actress. Tell me who was born on this date and how old she is, actually. Within five years, once you identify her, she was in Eddie and the Cruisers in 1983. She played opposite Al Pacino in the 1989 film Sea of Love. Who is it? Look, I don't sleep around if that's what you're talking about. What no, 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 that's not. Look, why don't you um come over to my house tonight for dinner and uh, we can talk about it. Who is it, Kimmy? Ellen Barkin? Yes. How old is Ellen Barkin today within five years? 53. She would hug you, or at least fist bump you. She is 64 today. Mm. When I first met Kimmy and started introducing her to some of my friends, they go, hey, man, she looks exactly like that one actress. It's either one or two actresses. It's either Ellen Barkin or Laura Dern. They go, man, she looks just like her. Or Yeah, they, they were convinced. I was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> Next person, Kimmy, known for film when he was younger Started in a film in 1986 that uh, he's, well, identified with. We'll get to that in a moment. But he's more known for a TV show that he uh, played part of. Identify the TV show. Two and a Half Men. That's right. He was on Two and a Half Men all the way back to its beginning, to its end. And he was in a 1986 film called Pretty in Pink. Tell me who is having a birthday. In the Old West, uh, uh, cowboys uh, could be out on the, the dusty range uh, uh, for months at a time. And uh, they'd get mighty dirty. Um, so they'd, uh, they'd uh, mosey into town uh, with nothing but the, the clothes on their backs. Uh, and they'd need to, to, to wash them. So what, what they'd do is uh, they, they would go down to the, the, the crick. <laughs> Uh, and uh, stripped down until they were wearing uh, nothing but their boots. 
anyway, um, in order to, to, to warn uh, people who were swimming that, you know, the naked cowboy was uh, on his way, he would yell or, uh, or if you will, uh, call, um, Booty! Booty! Ergo the booty call. Can you tell me who it is? Oh, what are his initials? J.C. Um, I J.C. He was in he was in Superman. I know, one I of the Superman movies too. Can't think of his name right now. John Cryer. Yes. How old is John Cryer today? Within five years. Fifty-five. You're close. John Cryer celebrating his fifty-third birthday. Next person celebrating his fifty-third birthday. Actor, comedian Kimmy. He was part of a TV show that had his name in it. That was from 1992 to 1997, and he in some films, 1995's Bad Boys, 2000, Big Mama's House, and then some of the other Big Mama's films. Tell me who it is. Thank y'all for coming out tonight in the house. Hey, my man, Derek Coleman, ladies and gentlemen, from New Jersey Nets. At T-Mills, what's up? Who is that, Kimmy? Martin Lawrence. That's right, celebrating his 53rd birthday, and he had that TV show, you know, Martin, from 1992 mm. to 1997. Next person was a child actor, Kimmy, best known for his role in a 1983 movie. Tell me who it is. No, no, I want an official red under cover, and I said you want to get rid of my leg rifle. Okay, Black Bart, now you get yours. Can you tell me who it is? He was in A Christmas Story. He played Ralphie. Um, he had glasses. Yeah. Who played I Ralphie? don't know. You can't tell me. Uh-uh. That's Peter Billingsley having a birthday today. How old is he within five years? Uh, 50. You're close. He's 47 today. I wish somebody would bring him into greater, or you know, the central Florida area. Mm-hmm. I bet he would be fun to talk to. Yeah. Yeah, that's Peter Billingsley having a birthday today. I see dead people. Notable deaths, famous people who passed away on this date in history. This person died 2002, and an American actor, Kimmy, died at the age of 55 on this date. He was in a ton of TV shows. Matter of fact, he starred in a record 15 TV series. His big breakthrough was back in 1975 on this TV show. Tell me the show. identify that TV show? Um, Shaft? No. No, 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 no. no. Um, it is a cop show, Kimmy. Can you do it? Um, The Rookies? No, no. no. Same network, though, that The Rookies aired on. Police Story? No, that's the wrong network. Um... Can't do it, huh? No. All right. He played Officer Jim Street for 37 episodes on SWAT. You remember SWAT? Oh, okay. Yeah, he was part of that. And then 1978 to 1981, he was on this TV show. Identify it. (laughs) 
can you tell me the name of that show? I don't recognize that one. TV show called Vegas, and then from 1985 to 88, he was on Spencer 4 Hire for 65 episodes. Did a lot of TV commercials. Tell me who it is. When I get headaches, they're not little baby ones. They're full-grown, adult-sized bangaroos. Can't keep them from coming, but I can't bang them back with the adult pain reliever. Bear. It's strong. It's not an aspirin substitute. It's made for adults. Maybe that's why so many doctors take Bear. Doctors are adults, just like you and me. Kimmy, can you tell me who had bangaroo headaches and knew how to get rid of them? Mm. Who is it? Who passed away on this day? I can picture him, but I can't think of his name. His name. Hi, I'm Robert Urich. That's who it was. Moving to the next person, Kimmy. Passed away 2013, died at the age of 82. An American football player and TV sportscaster having worked at CBS, Fox, ESPN. In addition to football, he also announced major golf and tennis events. In total, he announced 16 Super Bowls on network TV, more than any other announcer. He also did television commercials. Tell me who it is. Shine up your car for summer with Blue Poly, the one-step sealant with the two-year guarantee. Now just $5.88 as True Value's hardware value of the month. Both the 16-ounce liquid and paste formulas provide enough to clean, shine, and seal two cars to protect against damage from time and weather. And the makers of Blue Poly guarantee it to last two years when properly applied or your money back. Get it for just $5.88 while supplies last at True Value Hardware Stores and Home Centers displaying this banner. Kimmy, who is it? Who died 2013 at the age of 82? Oh, boy. I don't know. That's Pat Summerall. Ah. I think you did a fantastic job, especially considering it's a Monday. Thank you. We're going to go back in time and honor something we talked about on Trivia with the Golden Age of Radio. Radio was new. Radio. Someone still loves you. We mentioned just moments ago that actor Barry Nelson was born on this date in 1920. No stranger to the golden age of radio, we have a fantastic example, an episode titled The Suicide Club, which is based on the works of Robert Louis Stevenson. Barry Nelson stars in this very different old-time radio production. The plot, a high-stake gambler finds the game getting the better of him as his new club demands him to murder someone or choose suicide. The ending may or may not be a surprise to you. It's a an intriguing episode, entertaining, definitely offers some escapism. Here's our tribute to Barry Nelson, The Suicide Club, on The Riley and Kimmy Show. What is it? What is it within most of us, perhaps all of us, that compels us to do this or that? What drives the alcoholic to take that first drink he knows will lead to drunkenness and almost certainly eventual death? What spurs a compulsive gambler to bet again and again, aware always that in the end it can only bring him to ruin? That was a question Victor Harris often asked himself, but could never answer, until a certain fatal night when he met a man who called himself 
John Smith. Well, your help, Mr. Harris. Yours, Mr. Smith, I think you said. <laughs> as good a name as any other. So why did you invite me for this drink, Mr. Smith? It isn't customary, you know. More often than not, the strangers one meets at poker games remain strangers. Why? You interest me, Mr. Harris. In fact, you intrigue me. Oh. The last hand we played, everyone else had dropped out, leaving just you and me. I admired the way you played. I admired your nerve. More than anything else, I admired your coolness. Your indifference when you lost. $37,000, Mr. Harris. $37,000. Your admiration is misplaced. Cool, indifferent, why not? $37,000 is nothing to me. I'm a millionaire, Mr. Smith. Oh, are you? Several times over. Well, then, losing that much would mean little to you, if anything at all. Where's the thrill in winning or losing? There isn't any. Not for me. Not anymore. Then what point is there in play? None. None whatever. Gambling of any kind bores me. But I go on because... Well, Mr. Smith, I'm what is called a compulsive gambler. I see. What would you say if I were to tell you that I can change your boredom into a thrill the like of which you have never experienced before? There's a price tag, of course. What is the nature of this thrill that you're talking about? I'm talking about what might be called the supreme gamble, Mr. Harris. The supreme gamble? Yes. <laughs> well, that sounds like a matter of life and death. It does, doesn't it? Is it? You're a gambler, Mr. Harris, and a compulsive gambler at that. I think you'll be willing to gamble an hour or two of your time to find out. Here's my card. I'll be expecting you at this address tomorrow night. 7.30 sharp. Suppose I don't show. Why, then, you'll never know what the supreme gamble is. And you'll go on being bored. My name's Harris. Victor Harris. I believe Mr. Smith is expecting me. Yes, he is. Come in. This way, Mr. Harris. Mr. Victor Harris, sir. Thank you, Lucas. Good to see you again, Mr. Harris. We'll join you in a few moments, Lucas. This, Mr. Harris, is the game room. In this room, every night... Saturday and Sunday accepted. The Supreme Gamble takes place. But what is the Supreme Gamble? First, tell me what you see. Why, a room. Large room, tastefully and expensively decorated in 18th century style. And that large round table covered with a green cloth looks like a card table. That's what it is. The people... In evening dress, men in black tie, women gown, all drinking champagne. Their faces. Look at their faces. Look closely. Well, what do you see? Why, their faces, they're all of them excited about something I can see. Yes, they, 
They all look as if, well, as if they're expecting something very exciting to happen at any moment. They are. But not at any moment. Not until eight sharp. What happens at eight sharp? (laughs) That you'll find out at eight sharp. In the meantime, let me introduce you to one or two members of our club. Oh? It's a club? Yes. A very select club, Mr. Harris. Oh, Mr. Malthus, may I introduce Mr. Harris, a new member? How do you do? How do you do? Correction, though, I'm not a new member yet. (laughs) He will be, Mr. Malthus. He will be. Uh, See you a minute, Director. Of course, Lucas. Uh, Excuse me, gentlemen. Lucas called Mr. Smith director. Yes. We all do. He's the director of our little club. I see. Uh, Mr. Malthus, what kind of club is this? You don't know? No. Then why are you here? To tell you the truth, I'm not exactly sure, except... Well, Mr. Smith, your director, promises I'll experience the thrill of my life, the supreme gamble, he calls it. (laughs) It is that, Mr. Harris. These people, you, you're here because you like to gamble. Oh, no. No, no, not at all. I don't in the least like to gamble. No, I'm here because I'm a coward. A coward? What do you mean? Just that. I'm a coward. I'm afraid of... Well, I see you two have become acquainted. But I'll take our new guest away from you now, Malthus. I see Iris Lorne sitting all by herself as usual. Come along, Harris. I'll introduce you. Wish me luck tonight, Director. I do indeed, Malthus. I do indeed. Iris, let me introduce our latest member, Mr. Victor Harris. I'm not a member, Mr. Smith. Director... Call me director from now on. No offense, but I'll call you what I please until I am a member. If I am... I doubt that you will be, Mr. Harris. Why, Iris, what do you mean? Just what I say. He doesn't look like one of (laughs) us. Oh, but he is. In a different way, for a different reason. I'll leave you two together. I've got to prepare a fresh deck of cards. Uh... I don't think I got your last name, Miss, uh, Mrs. Miss Iris Lorne. Well, you said that I don't look like one of you. You don't. Where's the difference? Your eyes. In your eyes. (laughs) That seems to puzzle you, Mr. Harris. Look into my eyes. Look deep. What do you see? Sadness. Yes. Great sadness. The sadness of... Of... Death. Death? I'm dead, Mr. Harris. I've been dead for years. I'm afraid I don't uh, understand. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, your attention... It is time. Gather around the table, please. Our director will now deal the cards. Mm-hmm. To Mr. Cranes, the two of hearts. 
To Mr. Shaw? Mm -hmm. The Eight of Diamonds. Mm -hmm. Mrs. Harper receives the Four of Clubs. Next card to Mr. Burke. The Nine of Spades. Mm -hmm. Miss Russell this time. Next card to Mr. Wolfson. The Ace of Spades. Oh, this thing here. Since Mr. Morley has already drawn the Ace of Clubs, the game is ended. Mm -hmm. Mr. Wolfson? Mr. Morley, I will see you both in my office as soon as I've completed my business with Mr. Harris. This way, Mr. Harris? Oh, Lucas. Champagne all around as usual. Yes, director. Well, sit down, Mr. Harris. Drink? Thanks, no. Just tell me, what's this all about? Have you ever thought of committing suicide? No, I've never thought seriously of suicide. Well, many do, you know. Think of it seriously, that is. And some of these, quite a few, do take their own lives. But you'd be amazed, Mr. Harris, at how many people there are in the world who want to kill themselves. In fact, yearn to kill themselves, but haven't the nerve to do it. So, we do it for them. You, to put it more aptly, we arrange it for them once they become members of the club. The suicide club, we call it. Think of the gamble, Mr. Harris. The supreme gamble of your life. Think of the thrill of each night. Staking your life on the turn of a card. Not a momentary thrill, but one that will make each day worth living because it may be your last. The ace of spades. The ace of clubs. Simple. Whoever in each nightly deal receives the ace of spades is killed. Everything, of course, is arranged to make his or her death appear accidental. The ace of spades, the person killed. The ace of clubs, the one who does the killing. Then one is the victim, the other is murderer. You spoke uh, of a fee. Unnecessary evil, I'm afraid. The club's overhead is high, extremely high. Accordingly, so is the fee. Which is? Half your estate. Half of what you own. Half? That may sound unreasonable to you at first, but it all balances out, you see. What I mean is, there are members of the suicide club who have large estates, vast wealth. But at the other extreme, there are some who have virtually no estate, no money at all. Miss Lorne, for example. Iris, you met her. Practically penniless. She was quite well-to-do when she joined some time ago, but luck, the cards, has been against her. And in the meantime, she has spent everything she had on her habit. Drugs. She's a... she's a drug addict. Which is why she wants to die. It's the only solution to her problem. What a shame. She's so lovely. Her life could be so worth living. But isn't. Not anymore. Well, now, Mr. Harris. I promised you the greatest thrill you've ever had. I promised to cure your boredom with life for the remainder of your life. I'm ready to keep that promise with, as I said last night, 
the supreme gamble. Signed here. I, uh... Yes? I, I'd like to think it over. You I... know what your decision will be. You're a compulsive gambler, Mr. Harris. Whether you join the suicide club now or later, you will join. I know it. You know it. To be bored is to be dead. As you so well know. Why not live a little? Why not sign? Now? Why not? Yes. Why not? Compulsion, psychiatrists say, is another word for decision. Deep in the very core of his being, a person has made a decision that gambling, drinking, whatever may be ruining his life, is somehow necessary to his happiness. life of compulsive gambling which has lost its stimulation, Victor Harris, wealthy man about town, has joined the Suicide Club. Other members have joined because they want to end their jaded lives but cannot bring themselves to do so, and so it must be done for them. Victor's reason is different. A gambler who cannot stop himself from gambling, he has decided to take the supreme gamble. His life on the turn of a card. Your first night, Harris. Bon chance. Good luck. I'm not uh, quite sure how to take that, Mr. Uh, Big pardon. Director. I'm staking my life on the turn of a card. I grant you I'm, I'm a compulsive gambler, but my life? I wasn't quite prepared for anything like that when I came here for the first time last night. I hope you're prepared now. We play in less than five minutes. Why not wander about, become better acquainted with your fellow members? I'll do that. Oh, and by the way, it's customary for new members to order champagne for everyone. Oh, well, I'll be more than glad to. Uh... Lucas, champagne all around. On Mr. Harris. Yes, Director. See you at the table, Harris. Yes. Miss Lorne, may I join you? Oh, Mr. Harris. Please do. So, you did join. Yeah, even though you said that I wouldn't. I didn't say that. I said that you shouldn't. But even when I said it, you had no choice. No choice? <laughs> Once you accept our director's invitation to pay this place a visit... You've had it. There's no turning back. No way. Why not? You'll find out. I did. What do you mean? He doesn't run this place for kicks. Or maybe he does, in a way. But what he's really after is your money. And according to the grapevine, oh, <laughs> we have one here, too. You've got plenty. Well, according to the grapevine, you have none. You're penniless. Now, yes. I was worth well over a hundred thousand when I joined almost six months ago. And? Oh, well, a lot of it. I don't know how much. I, I don't keep count. Went for heroin. 
Well, of course you know I'm on dope. Yes. And I'm sorry. You? Sorry? <laughs> For me? You're hooked as badly as I am. On gambling, they say. I'm afraid that's the truth. A habit. You can't kick. Just as I can't kick mine. Look, Miss Lorne, Iris, if I may... I made a decision to join the suicide club last night. I can make the decision to leave it, too. Can you? Well, of course I can. Why do you say, uh... <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, your attention. It is time. Gather around the table, please. Our director will now deal the cards. The tray of spades to Mr. Dowling. For you, Mrs. Cranes, the four of clubs. For Mr. Malthus. For Mr. Malthus, the ace of spades. Oh. I've won at last. Mr. I won. I won. Mr. Malthus, remember the club rules. Control, Mr. Malthus. But I won. This will be my last night on earth. After all this time, my last night... Mr. Malthus. I beg pardon, Director. I truly beg pardon. Let us go on. Mr. Robinson, eight of diamonds. Miss Feitzen, two of spades. Mr. Whalen, nine of hearts. Mr. Harris? Ah, Mr. Harris, your first... Supreme gamble. Yes. What card shall it be, do you think? Here it lies on top of the deck. What shall it be? Well, it can't be the ace of spades. True. Well, what is it? I don't know. I haven't looked. Enjoy yourself, Mr. Harris. Feel Feel the excitement of not knowing. Live. Live the supreme thrill of wondering. What is this next card? Turn it. Why don't I put it aside and draw the others? Turn that card. As you wish. It's a club, Mr. Harris. The ace of clubs. Oh, if I live. Mr. Malthus, Mr. Harris, you will join me in my office in five minutes. I'm no murderer. You wanted a thrill. You're about to find, I'm afraid. Be seated, please. You there, Mr. Malthus. <clears throat> Mr. Harris, here. Uh, when shall it be, Director? When is my moment to come? How shall it be done? And where? Patience, Mr. Malthus. Patience. Your uh, suicide will take place tonight at approximately 10.30. Is that satisfactory? Oh, yes. Yes, indeed. Good. Now, here are your instructions and a map to go along with them. This straight line represents the Uptown Express platform of the IRT subway at 42nd Street. Yes. This arrow indicates the direction from which the Uptown Express train will come into the mm -hmm, station. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. At 10.30 tonight, you are to stand at precisely this spot that I've marked with an X. 
X marks the spot. Hmm, yes. Now, the platform will be filled with the after-theater crowd. You will take up your position at this spot and stand at the very edge of the platform. Clear? Very. Goodbye, Mr. Malthus. And Godspeed. Goodbye. And thank you for all you've done. And now, Mr. Harris? I have no intention of going through with this. I'm no murderer. Of course not. When you push Malthus in front of that train, you'll not be murdering him. You'll be doing him a service. Like all our members, he wants to die. But he hasn't the nerve to kill himself. You will simply be doing it for him. And that, as I see it, is not murder. I see it differently. That's too bad, Mr. Harris. I'm sorry, but frankly, there's nothing you can do about it. Oh, I think there is. I'm resigning from your club right now. Goodbye. Mr. Harris, no one resigns from the Suicide Club. No one ever has. No one ever will. I couldn't possibly run that risk. You have my assurance that I'd never say a word about... Assurance. Assurances. What are assurances to me? No, Mr. Harris, there's only one assurance you can give me that I can possibly accept. Your death. Or, more properly, your suicide. This is madness. Perhaps. But if it is, it's only another form of madness, Mr. Harris. Like, say, uh, compulsive gambling. Well, I won't argue with you further. No, you won't. I've had enough of your argument. You know what you have to do tonight. You know where and when. Do it. I... Do it, Mr. Harris. Or if you don't. I promise you'll wish you had. And as you already know, I keep the promises I make. Mr. Malthus. Mr. Malthus? What? Mr. Harris, you'll just in time. The express will be along in a minute or two. Listen to me. We really shouldn't be seen talking together. Just stand behind me, and when the right moment comes... Listen to me. I'm not going to kill you. You're not? I can't. Well, you must. I can't do it either. Why do you think you're here? To save you if I can. Well, save me. You don't want to do this. You don't really want to take your life. You're crazy. Of course I want to do it. But I can't. I haven't the nerve. You must do it. You must. No. No, we'll go somewhere and talk. Talk? The, tr the train... You can see the lights far down in the tunnel. It's coming. It's coming. Oh, you will do it, won't you? I can't. I've got to get away from here. I've got to get away. Victor? Victor Harris. Harris. What are you doing here? I followed you. Why? Because I had this feeling. <laughs> Director figured you'd lose your nerve. It happens sometimes, and when it does, <laughs> I take over. Well, see you, and you, Miss Lord, at the club tomorrow night. Eight sharp, as usual. You got it wrong, Lucas. You won't see me tomorrow night or any other night. You got it wrong, Mr. Harris. If you don't show up tomorrow night, there won't be any other night. Not for you or Miss Lord. <laughs> Thank you.
As Victor Harris watches Lucas vanish quickly into the crowd, surely he begins to realize what his compulsion to gamble has brought him to. To what? Why, to certain death, wouldn't you say? I would. listening to my voice, are Victor Harris, or, depending on gender, Iris Lorne. If you are Victor, you join the Suicide Club for a thrill. If you are Iris, you join because you were sick of life and wanted someone to do for you what you could not do for yourself, commit suicide, kill you. But whether you are Victor or Iris, you begin to wonder if you've made a mistake a fatal mistake now that it's too late and so now Victor Iris you are in a secluded cocktail lounge Iris I I don't understand what more can I say I've made it plain enough I followed you Victor because I I couldn't bring myself to believe you'd kill Mr. Malthus and intended to stop me if I tried now that that's what I I don't understand why did you intend to stop me. Well? You won't believe me. Try me. I love you. <laughs> I told you you wouldn't believe me. Well, it is a, a little hard to believe. We, we only met last night. In fact, we, we haven't spent much more than, well, 20 minutes at most in each other's company. Well, how long does it take? fall in love. I, uh, I don't know. I do. I found out when I met you last night. You don't believe me, do you? I, I believe you mean what you say, but... But what? Look, we're both compulsive personalities. With me, it's gambling. With you, drugs. That means neither of us is totally in control of ourselves. I love you, Victor Harris. It's as simple as that. And that's all there is. I love you. Well, I, I'm honored and flattered. Iris, I mean that. I, but I, I'm afraid I don't feel the same way about you. Oh, that's all right. No, no, it isn't all right. I wish. I wish. Oh, well, what's the sense of talking about what I wish or don't wish or anything? We're in trouble, Iris. Real trouble. And what we'd better start talking about is how to get ourselves out of it if we can. Do you think we can? We can sure try. We'd better try. It's that or death. Waiter, check, please. What are you going to do? The only thing I can do go to the police. Well, Lieutenant, that's the whole story. You don't sound as if you believed us, Lieutenant. Tell me something, Miss Long. How long you been mainlining? Mainlining? You know what I mean? It's written all over you. Your eyes, the nose twitching, the long sleeve dress. Pull up that sleeve and let's have a look. It's no need. It's true. Okay. What about you? Me? What are you on? Uppers, downers, mescaline? I'm not on anything. I'm no drug addict. 
Look, Lieutenant. Sounds like a pipe dream. A suicide club. Now, Mr. Harris, I've heard some far-out stories, but yours is... It's out of space. I see. In other words, you don't intend to do anything. We'll uh, check it out, but uh, word of advice? Yes? You and her. Kick the habit and try to get your feet back down on earth. Huh? Oh, Jack. We've got to go to my place. Oh, we're staying right here in this church till I oh. figure out our next move. I've got to have the fix. I'm going out of my skull. It's that bad. Oh, you, you just don't know. Vic, I've been almost 24 hours without one. We've been running all day. Central Park, Radio City Music Hall. Now this... We couldn't go to my place or yours. The director, Lucas, they're sure to be looking for us. I can't stand it. I can't. You don't have to, Miss Law. What? Lucas. Right here in the pew behind you, Mr. Harris. Here, Miss Law. It's just a skin pop, but it'll hold you to it. Oh, give it to me. Give it to me. Oh. No. Something wrong? Not in a church. I won't. Not in a church. <laughs> Suit yourself. Let's go. The director is waiting. You heard me, you two. Come on, Iris. And Iris. Yes. Good girl. Mr. Harrison, Miss Lorne, director. Come in, come in. I was a bit worried about you two going to the police, revealing all about our intimate little club. How do you know that we... Had a visit today from a Lieutenant McPhee. He didn't mention you by name, but I have reason to suspect you know him. Big fellow, 6'2", shoulders like an ox. And not very bright, I'm afraid. Not very bright at all. Lucas showed him about. I couldn't be bothered. Lucas, tell them what happened. Nothing happened. I showed him around... Just a private residence. What else? As you say, what else? Well, now, champagne for you, Mr. Harris. And this for you, Miss Lorne. I don't want your champagne. And she doesn't want that. Do you, Iris? Why not? Why shouldn't I? I'm dying for it. Then here, my dear. Iris, no. Oh, Vic. Iris, no. Please. I, do. I can't help it. I've ever seen anything like this since the, since the suicide club opened. Have you, Lucas? No. No, I haven't. However, life must go on, or to be precise, death. And it is time for our evening ritual. Come, Miss Lorne, Mr. Harris. Our little game of cards awaits us. Mr. Dowling, the five of diamonds. Mr. Whalen, 
the nine of hearts. Mrs. Lawton, the ace of diamonds. Mr. Whalen, the deuce of spades. For Miss Lorne, Iris, the ace of clubs. Oh, oh Victor! Steady. For Miss Fightson, the eight of hearts. Mr. Hanson, the ten of hearts. For Mr. Harris, the ace of spades. That ends the play for this evening. Miss Lorne and Mr. Harris will join me in my office, please. Victor, I feel sick. I think, I think I'm going to say... Miss Lorne, wait. Where are you going? To the powder room, you fool. She's sick. Mrs. Lawton, do what you can for her. In my office, Mr. Harris. Well, now, Mr. Harris. It appears that Dame Fortune has frowned on you tonight. Regrettably, you have just experienced the final gambling thrill of your young life. You arranged it, didn't you? Well, you felt it. Now, now. Manners, Mr. Harris. No name-calling, please. Smith, you're not going through with this. Oh, yes? I don't intend to die tonight or any other night for a long, long time. I'm resigning from this insanity you call a club. And so is Miss Lorne. You know, really, if I hadn't the slightest idea you were going to be this wearisome, I'd not have let you join in the first place. I have already told you that we have but one form of resignation from the suicide club. Death. Well, let me just tell you... Enough. Your instructions are to leave here immediately and return to that elegant penthouse apartment of yours. (laughs) Go to your apartment and stay there. And, oh, yes, if you have any idea of seeking help, such as going to the police or anything of that nature, don't. You will be very closely watched from the moment you leave. And any attempt to disobey my orders will result not only in your death, but Iris Lawrence as well. Oh, Victor, what can we do? Your instructions. Just, just how are you to kill me? Kill you? I could never kill you, you know that. But... What instructions? Just to come here and wait. That was all. That settles it. They're going to kill us both. What makes you think? I was followed until I got here. The first thing I did was to call the police or try to. The phone's dead. I had a gun in my desk drawer. It's gone. They'd been here and they didn't miss a trick. And now, just telling you to wait. All right, we're trapped. Oh, dear Lord. Hang on now. We're going to the police. Oh, never get there. I was followed here, just as you were. They're watching our every move. We can give it a try. It's a gamble. Oh, they got... I just lost. God, what are we going to do? What can we do? We won't answer. No, that won't do any good. They've got a key. I'm sure. Now, look. Look, there's just one chance... You answer the door. I'll stand behind it. Well, Lord knows, I'm not much when it comes to fighting, but I can try. Go ahead. Open it. Thank you, Miss Lorne. <laughs> I was just about to use my key. Okay, I come in? I can't stop you, Lucas. No, you can't. And how about you coming out from behind the door, Mr. Harris? <laughs> Wouldn't have done you any good, anyhow. You're no match for me. It might have been worth a try. The director has given me his orders. 
And I'm here to carry them out. Everything can be done fast and easy if you cooperate. And if we don't? Don't give me a hard time, Mr. Harris, please. You got the ace of spades tonight. Miss Lorne got the ace of clubs. Following the club rules, Miss Lorne kills you. And this time we make sure it looks like suicide. I won't do it. I won't do it. You'll do it. Or there's going to be one little change, one little difference tonight. After you kill Mr. Harris, (laughs) after he commits suicide, you might say, you're going to commit suicide too. What do you mean? Let's all go into the kitchen and find out. Why the kitchen? That's where the stove is. The gas stove. Oh, no. Oh, no. Move, Miss Lorne. Look, Lucas. Look, you're being stupid. One suicide, the police will buy that. But two... You never heard of a suicide pact between lovers? (laughs) Says so right here. See? What? That's the suicide note you're leaving. See, it's typed, but signed, Iris Lorne. Victor Harris. There are signatures. How did they... They forged them. The contracts we signed. Just put the note on the table there, hmm? Uh, No, no, no. Don't just toss it there. Fold it neatly and... Oh, Oh, you... One chomp at the back of the neck. He'll be out a long time. In fact, he won't be coming back. And now, Miss Lorne, turn on the gas. No! Miss Lorne... I won't do it! I can't... Let's see now. Drag her into his arms. Put his arm around her. Like so. Good. All we need now is the gas. He's coming around. Peter again with the oxygen. Hmm. Okay, Mr. Harris, snap uh, out of it. Uh, Come I, on now. What? 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 Breathe deep. Come on now. Deep. Ah, boy. Pass away. Iris. She's coming around fine. Gonna be okay, just like you. What's that? huh? Yeah. Well, how did you? <laughs> I'm not as dumb as I look or act, Mr. Harris. I kind of put it on, you know, an act. Throw a lot of characters off their guard that way. Smith didn't fool you. No, I fooled him. When that guy Lucas took me on a tour of the house, I saw a lot more than he thought I saw. What could you have seen? That big round table in the middle of the room. Oh, there was a vase of flowers on it and like that, but there's a circle worn on the rug around the table, and nobody admires flowers that much, Mr. Harris. Oh, and oh, yeah, I uh, checked the sanitation boys and heard about the dozens and dozens of empty champagne bottles they picked up three times a week. All that, plus the accidental death of Mr. Malthus, as you described it. Oh, sure. I checked on that, of course. Well, it all added up. You, uh, you had us followed. You and the lady have been tailed practically since you left headquarters. Okay, Eddie, she's had enough. Come on, little lady. Come on. 
Come on now. What? Oh, Victor. Iris. Oh. Iris. She's going to be okay. Oh. Well, by the way, Mr. Harris, you'll be glad to know we got a confession out of Lucas and Smith. And that's the end of the Suicide Club. Oh, it's the end of something else, too. Yeah? What? My compulsive gambling. I'll never make another bet as long as I live. <laughs> Victor Harris never did gamble again. The suicide club cured him of that. And, oh yes, it cured Iris Lorne of drug addiction. Although I'm not so sure it wasn't having someone to live for, someone to love. They're married now. Victor never had a chance. Comes to that, what man has? Our cast included Barry Nelson, Marion Seldes, John Barra Gray, Dan Ockel, and Lloyd Batista. If you enjoyed that golden age of radio production, be sure to follow the Riley and Kimmy show. We feature old-time radio shows from time to time. We have archived episodes available right now on our website, at RileyandKimmy.com. Some of them have old-time radio episodes on them. Please tell your friends about the Riley and Kimmy Show. Help us grow. Our social media links are available on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. That's R-I-L-E-Y and Kimmy, K-I-M-M-Y dot com. If you friend, follow, and like us, we will friend and follow you back. Also, Be sure to check out our website, events page, and our social media pages for updates where the Riley and Kimmy show will be appearing next. And we're available for your pop culture event and also those that are animal-based, about pets and animals too. We have a spinoff show called Animal Special. So be sure to tell your friends about us. It's the Riley and Kimmy show, the nerd variety talk show with daily pop culture episodes. The Riley and Kimmy Show. Find archive podcasts of The Riley and Kimmy Show at RileyandKimmy.com. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.